0: Okay, that's the cue. Uh, Today we're going to be on Ecclesiastes verses 10, 1 through 7, walking wisely as a godly man or woman and recognizing the ultimate wisdom bearer. But before I address this subject, I'm going to say it again. Ecclesiastes 10, 1 through 7, the Lord has perhaps laid on my heart something that you're going to meet when we go through these scriptures. And I tried to sing this song last week, and I'm going to try it again. <laughs> Notice the word tried. <laughs> and so I'm going to not burden you with a lot of explanation. I'm just going to ask you to go along after you know the few lines of this song. And I said this song has something to do with the message. You'll see it near the end of the message. So without further ado, I'm just going to say it. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. Can I get a witness? One day when I was lost died upon the cross I know it was the blood for me. I'm going to say it again and then I'm going to try to sing it if you want to sing it with me that would be great I know it was the blood I know it was the blood I know it was the blood for me one day, when Brother Carter was lost, he died upon that cross. I know it was the blood for me. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, come on, you can clap. I don't mind. And I'm going to try to sing, and if you can remember it, I'm going to say it one more time in case your memory is like mine. Very fleeting. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died upon that cross. I know it was the blood for me. Now I'm going to try to sing. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood, I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood. Keep singing, come on. I know it was the blood, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. One more time. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. For me, one day when I was lost, he died for me. Let's give the Lord a hand, come on. And yes, that has something to do with the message. You'll see it later on as we go along. Without further ado, walking wisely as a godly man or woman and recognizing the ultimate wisdom bearer. Now, I know I said that already. This is Ecclesiastes 10, 1, 3. Dead flies make a perfumer's oil stink. So a let me get this right. Help me, Marge. Dead flies make a perfumer's oil stink, so a little foolishness is weightier than wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart directs him toward the right, but the foolish man's heart directs him toward the the left. Now you'll see on the screen, under number two, a wise man's heart directs him toward, and I have he. I want you to keep that in mind because it's supposed to be the Right. And that's a flaw. I don't know if it's on the computer or it's on my typing. So keep that in mind because you're going to meet that word flaw again. Say flaw. flaw. Now you're going to recognize it as we go along. Even when the fool walks along the road his sense is lacking and he demonstrates to everyone that he is a fool. After hearing Dr. David Jeremiah talks so boldly. That's right, I was listening to him last night. After hearing him talk so boldly about the end times and what's going to happen to the believer and unbeliever, I don't feel intimidated by saying the word fool. Can I get an amen? And you know what? You and I should not be intimidated Because it's God's word. If he calls me a fool in the sense that I'm doing foolish things, then I'm a fool. If you're doing foolish things as a Christian or an unbeliever, God calls it foolishness. If the ruler's temper rises against you, do not abandon your position or post because composure allays great offenses. There is an evil I have seen under the sun like an arrow which goes forth from the ruler. Folly is set in many exalted places while rich men sit in humble places. I have seen slaves riding on horses. Keep that in mind. That's the end of the message. I have seen slaves riding on horses and princes walking like slaves on the land. Now back to number four. Now back to square one where we started. This is a well-known fact, especially in high climates, that dead insects cause syrups and other such preparations to ferment and putrefy. I might be saying that word or I try to say it several times. Which makes it necessary to be careful for preventing flies from coming to them. What's that got to do with you and me? Let me repeat that again before I go into number five. This is a well-known fact, especially in hot climates, that dead insects cause syrups and other such preparations to ferment and putrefy, which makes it necessary to be careful for preventing flies from coming to them. Number five. So does a little folly in the same manner. In however good reputation a man may be for wisdom and honor. Yet some of the foolish humor and weak miscarriage of his will mar and stain his reputation. A little folly in a very wise man, a small sin in an honest man, and a slight indecency of manners in a man of courtly behavior, often greatly or negatively diminish from their fame and reputation. Before I go on, to the number seven, you can p- go on to number seven. I definitely remember when my daughter was growing up, she was in a place that she shouldn't be in, or I thought she would, shouldn't be in, and I went into the same establishment. And she later reported, she said, Dad, thank you so much for, for helping me to see where I'm at in my life. She said, Dad, when you went in there, people were watching you. You're supposed to be a Christian. You, 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 you act like a Christian. And one man reported to me, that's just to my daughter, that they saw you with a bottle of beer and you were drinking it. I didn't have a beer in my hand. Can I get a witness? I didn't have a I didn't have anything. I didn't have any alcoholic beverage on me. But one little mistake, one miscarriage of sight caused that person or persons to question my validity as a Christian. And the same goes for you and me. Can I get an amen? Amen. They see you in a certain place. They observe you doing other things. Or maybe they catch you doing an unsolid joke out of character of a Christian. And that mars your reputation of being Christ-like. And they want to pick anything out to say, if a Christian's like that, I don't need to be a Christian. Can I get a witness? Dead flies make a perfumer's oil stink, so a little foolishness is weightier than wisdom and honor. Those especially who make a profession of religion. I know I'm going to slow down because I need to. Do you profess to be a Christian? Is it just in your head? Or has Christ reached your heart? Those especially who make a profession of religion should keep from all appearances of evil. A wise man has great advantage over a fool. Sin is the reproach of sinners wherever they go and shows their folly. Number seven, I know I'm still on number one. Dead flies make a perfumer's oil stinks so a little foolishness is weightier than wisdom and honor. The idea is not that a little folly is more valuable or weightier, than much wisdom, but that a little folly can have more influence than great wisdom. How about it, we Christians? If you notice, I'm saying we Christians, how does the world perceive you? Let me go on. Number eight. A single slip. It only takes one little mistake to ruin a life of great wisdom. From the NAB version, New American Bible. A single slip can ruin what's that is good. So can a little folly make wisdom lose its worth. So can a little folly outweigh massive wisdom. What has someone pointed out in your life and my life to say? I'm going to, I know I said it before if he or she is a christian i want nothing to do that's just an excuse to ex- not accept jesus christ that's all it is number 9 question for we professing christians how how's your and my christian walk going let me ask you how's it going Only you can answer that question. I can't answer it. Are you reading the word of God? Dr. Stanley said last night, and I I can put this in there. Do you and I hunger after the word of God? Or is it just, I know I said it before, is it just another book? You can... Just leave it on the table for months on end, weeks on end, and you have no hunger or desire for the word of God. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for the word. As a deer pants after the water brook, David said, my soul pants after you. Can I get a witness? Or are you guilty? And that's why I can't get many amens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How is you and my Christian work going? May you may you and I keep in mind and spirit. I'm gonna say this again. Say spirit. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink up to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. I hope you feel guilty if you're not doing it. I just hope you do. I'm just going to pull out the punches. Can I get a witness? Are you and I praising God? did you praise him for waking up this morning or maybe some other thing that you said lord i just thank you it's funny that isaiah 43:21 says we're going to praise god and we were created for his praise and colossians 1:16 says referring to jesus All things were created by him, through him, and for him. What are you trying to prove, Brother Bruce? Jesus succinctly said it this way, without confusing the persons, the Father and the Son. Jesus said it this way, I and my Father, repeat the rest, are one. You and I were created for God the Father and his Son. May you and I ever keep in mind and spirit. Why did you bring up the word spirit? And God, and this is not in your notes. And I know I said it before. He breathed. Don't you know that God is the only creature that God breathed into? I'm sorry, I just say that. Don't you know that God is the only creature Man that God breathed into. He didn't breathe into creatures. Yes, they have the breath of life. God breathed into man. And he breathed he breathed into you a spirit. He breathed into you a soul that is different from your body. Now I don't want you to get confused because I'm just a little bit off track. The Bible declares that we as a person am a soul but you also have an innermost person which is a soul separate from the body. And God breathed into man the breath of lives. That's what it is in the Hebrew, the breath of life. He breathed into you the ability to communicate with the almighty Savior. A spirit that lives on, that exists on after you leave this, earth. May you and I ever keep in mind and spirit we were bought with a price. Number 10. Here comes that blood. We have not been bought by anyone with money. I'm going to say this again and I hope I won't, I'm not trying to offend you. There is no such thing as purgatory. You can't buy a person's soul. The only one who purchased this is God Almighty. But God bought us with the blood. Say the blood. Therefore, we are his servants. Don't you know that God says that we are servants or slaves of God do us. Acts 2028, 20, you don't have to turn to it until you get home. Acts 2028, 20, I know I said this before: you were bought with the blood of God. That's what it says. It's precious blood, it's costly blood. And because we have been bought with the most costly price. We are, number 11, to abstain from all appearance of evil. How you doing with that one? How you doing, Christian? How you doing, Brother Bruce? Abstain from every form of evil. That's the ASV. And to present our bodies. That's right. God has something to do with your body and your soul, spirit. He wants you, not a part of you. Well, I can do anything that I want to do. As a Christian, no, you can't. and I'm going to make it even better. As a Christian, you don't want to do anything that's out of the will of God. Can I get a witness? God has given you someone called. I know i got to slow down called the Holy Spirit say holy if he's holy he's going to transform you into being holy present our bodies a living living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is our spiritual service say spiritual service say it again spiritual service and I'm going to tell you why on the next page of worship, not to be conformed to this world. Other versions say this, not to be molded into the world's way of living. How do you do that, Brother Bruce? I'll tell you what, there's no amount of willpower that I could conjure to conform me to the image of God's dear son except through the Holy Spirit. Number 12. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds, proving what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. How about that, brothers and sisters in Christ? 13. Permit me to go over Romans 12, 1 and 2. I urge you. This is Paul talking Another word for urge is beg. He's begging the Christians in Rome. And the Roman Christians were a small group. It's not a big church. They were small groups. Matter of fact, they were house churches. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. If you see the comments below, I'm going to read them. A living and holy sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Well, what do you say that for? Brother Bruce, in contrast to the Levitical sacrifices of slain animals. Back there they used to slay many animals. But you and I are supposed to be living sacrifices. Not a propitiatory sacrifice, a sin offering. No. God, The sin offering is over. And I, I know this is out of place, but I'm going to say it again. You're going to meet it at the end of the service. It's finished. Now, I'll leave it, go at that. But one of praise. Number 14. I left this slide open. Uh, First, it was a blank. It was absolutely blank. And then, you're going to have to listen, if you will. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 5, verses 1, 11 through 15. Some of you already know what I'm going to say, and some of you don't. Amen. Somebody just, Tom just said it. Here we go. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Now here's number 13. And every creature which is in heaven. Say every creature. That includes you and me. And every creature, say it again. Revelation. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Can I get a witness? I'm going to answer this question. I'm going to ask this question, and I don't want you to think I'm trying to intimidate anybody. I got the answer, too, and you do, too. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits on the throne. The person who sits on the throne is God the Father. And I wonder who the lamb is. Who is it? Jesus Christ. So he's getting the same honor and blessing forever and ever. Can I get a witness? The Bible tells me, and Jesus told me in John 5.23 that I am Brother Bruce and you are to honor that son just as you honor the Father. How much honor does Jesus get? Just as much as the Father. John 5.23 John 5.23 Do you honor the Father? Do you honor the Son? Just like you honor the Father? The Bible says you should. Christian? Oh, he's just a prophet. He's just an example. He's a a goody two-shoe, whatever you want to call him. The Bible says we should honor him just like we honor the Father. And why? Because he is your and my personal Savior. He's not just a Savior. He is the Savior. Savior. And there is no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved. Say must. This is out of. This is out of. Make sure I got the right one. And I'm not going to dwell on it. Nicodemus, you know the law. Nicodemus, you kept the law. Nicodemus, well, you think you kept the law. Nicodemus, you're religious, you're a Pharisee, you know the scriptures back and forth, but Nicodemus and your cohorts, you must be born again. If you're today, and you're just a good person, and I'm not, I'm not demoting that, I'm not saying that's not good. But let me add this out of seriousness. Whoever you are, you must be born again. It's not an option. You must be born again. I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. How holy are you? The only way, I'm going to pick myself, so you don't think I'm picking you. the only way that I am holy is in Jesus. I don't have any personal holiness that makes me acceptable to God. Would you get that, Brother Bruce? Just look in Isaiah chapter 63 and 64. The words living, holy, acceptable, pleasing are showing how unusual is the sacrifice that believers can offer. He wants your praise. He wants your thank you. And I'm glad somebody said thank you. The problem with us, let me start. Thank you. Somebody had to tell me to slow down. I'm going to say this again, and I'm not trying to boast on myself. Sometime when you are filled with God, the Holy like you and I can be, you get incoherent. It's about time we wake up and Praise the Lord. Stop being so pious that you can't shout. You can't say hallelujah. You can't say thank you Lord for saving my depraved. That's right, depraved soul. You don't realize or we don't realize how depraved we are until you come to Jesus. The words living, holy, acceptable, pleasing are showing how unusual. Say unusual. I know I said it before. The problem with us living sacrifices is that we keep crawling off the cross. Oh, Lord, this is too hard for me. It's too hard. God allows us to go through things that we can be conformed to the image of his son. The title of his choice was "Living a Godly Life." God's not always going to take the pressure off just because you said, "Lord, I can't take it." What you can do is be surrounded by other Christians who can lift you up to the Lord, and you pray also. Can I get an amen? Instead of retreating, say, "Lord, what are you trying to treat? What are you trying to tell me through this? What are you speaking to me? about? What, what, what is it?" Sixteen, conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Say opportunity. Now, again, I don't want you to think I'm bragging because I'm not. Yesterday, I mean just yesterday, as I was pulling into my car lot. No, that's not true. Pulling into the road beside my home, I saw two young ladies kicking a ball back and forth across the street basketball. And I said, I need to give them a track. Now, I'm capitalizing on the word captivate, opportunity. I said, no, nah, I just don't want to do that. I just don't. And I reached in my pocket. I couldn't find the tracks and all kinds of just excuses. Say excuses. You know, we Christians are good at making excuses. Can I get a witness? So I got on my car, opened the door, and lo and behold, the thing that they were kicking, a basketball, came my way. This I'm not I'm not I'm telling you the absolute truth. And I said, Okay, Lord, I know you want me to give them a tract. I know you do. How could a ball just come to trickle over my way am I getting out of the car? So I pulled, I happened to pull a track. I saw one, and the title of it was, Why Did Jesus Die? And I got some of those back there. I handed, I said, I threw the ball back to him. I said, now wait a minute. And she hesitated. It was two girls. She hesitated, and I pulled out that track. I said, give one to your friend. She looked at the track briefly. And as I was going to my house, slowly, she turned around and said, thank you. You were talking about somebody elated. I almost jumped up and shouted. There's a lost, perhaps a lost soul, two teenagers one plants, another waters. but God gives the increase. If you're, if you're available, God will use you, and I want to tell you this right now, God wants to use every born-again Christian in some type of way. He's given you a spirit motivated, spirit, I don't know how to say it. He's giving you, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Every born-again Christian has been talented with at least one ministry. Whether it's music, whether it's giving away things, whether it's administration, whether it's business, whatever it is, you have a talent, and God wants you to use it. Can I get a witness? That's part of your Christian conduct. Well, I'm saved, that's all. What a pitiful response. You're saved for service. Moving on to verse 2. How about that? I only got on verse 2. And I don't have Pastor Jack to tell me when to stop. (laughs) But I got Marge to tell me when to slow down. I appreciate that. A wise man's heart directs him toward the right, but the foolish man's heart directs him toward the left. Comments, as the right hand is ordinarily the best exercise, strongest, and most ready, and the left the contrary, they show the command which the wise man has over his mind, spirit, passions, and the prudence with which he acts. Now, I'm going to say that again because I want to make a comment. As the right hand is ordinarily the best exercise, strongest, and most ready, and the Contr- and the left the contrary, they show the command which the wise man has over his mind, feelings, passions, and the prudence with which he acts. I question that. And the reason I question that right here, the command which the wise man has over his own mind. I think you will agree. I don't have control over my over my mind except through the ministry of God the Holy Spirit. All kinds of things run through my mind. I was saying this morning, Lord, help me. And every born again Christian and that includes you and me, we need the Holy Spirit's help. I'm going to call him someone, who the Bible calls him, the para-kaleo. What's that mean, Brother Bruce? Para means alongside, and kaleo means called. But not only is the Holy Spirit called to your side, the Holy Spirit lives within you. He's called to your side to help you. This is why I can say number 18. And some of you, no, I'll just say it. These things have I written. John wrote it down. These things I have written that you may know. That you have eternal life. You who believe on the name of the Son of God. Do you know you have eternal life? Do you know? Say right. Do you know that Jesus sits on the right hand of the throne of God? He doesn't sit on the left hand. If he sat on the left hand side, it wouldn't be complete. But he said this word, it is finished. He sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Why? Because your sins and my sins have been fully atoned for. Not like the old Levitical system. What's he want you to do? I've already said it. Praise his name. Lift up the name above every name. And stop dwelling on yourself right hand and the left are used in Scripture to express good and evil. The wise man is always, I have that question mark, employed in doing good. No, I'm not always employed in doing good. Can I get a witness? I don't know if you are, but I certainly am not. The Bible has the answer. If we confess our sins, he is just and willing to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. Every day, Brother Carter needs a cleansing. And every day, you need a cleansing. Number 19, repeating verse 2 with some, here's with some more comments. A wise man's heart directs him toward the right, but the foolish man's heart directs him toward the, the left. I could put in that first phrase, instead of the word foolish, I could put sinners. Now, I'm going to take this out of context because I need to move on. Not everybody in here is saved. Not everybody here knows the Lord. Let me put it this way, and I I wouldn't say this except through the Holy Spirit. Don't be foolish. You're going to meet that later on. And go into eternity without Jesus. Well, I think I can make it on my own. You are sadly mistaken. Number 20. Here's that fruit for living, and if I want you to notice something, the word is fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit is, say is, Do you see an underline, love, number one, joy, peace, patience, let me ask you and I a fervent question. Do you and I have patience with other people? Or are you and I short-tempered? Everything that you can pick out wrong, you pick out. But you can't say anything good. Can I get a witness? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I have seen some gentle people in this room. I'm not going to pick out any particular person because there's a lot. Self-control against such things. There is no law. There's no law against these things. They're given to you by the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. Love. Say love. love. Do you know this is the same word? Agape. This is the same word used for, for God so loved the world. God loves you so much that He sent the best that He could give His only Son. And let me, before, before I go on, and I'm not going to turn to it, don't you know, according to Hebrews chapter 1, Jesus Christ is the exact representation of his Father's very image and nature. Can I get a witness? And that's the same love that sent, God sent, God the Father sent his Son, let me be blunt, to save a soul like you and me. But what about the characteristics of a sinner Galatians 5 19 to 21 now the deeds notice deeds I could put in their fruits of the flesh are evident which are immorality impurity sensuality idolatry say idolatry I don't know who I'm talking to and I don't know why I stopped there if you got some idols in your house, TV, football games, basketball games, and they and whatever, it, if they come before God, they're idols. And I'm not telling you to get rid of them. I'm telling you to spend more time in the Word. I watch football games. I watch, best, but they can't come before the Word of God. this ought to be funny I watched Villanova get beat last night yes they got beat and I was really discouraged and Duke got beat can I get a witness I'm not trying to say you shouldn't watch these things but they got to be second place maybe third place Jealousy, outbreaks of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness. Carousing. And things like these, of which I forewarn you. Say forewarn. Oh God, he's a good God. He wouldn't do this. He's forewarning you. He wouldn't send anybody to the lake of fire. No, you said yourself. You made a choice. You slapped the Son of God in the face. You said, I don't want to have anything to do with you. You shut the door. Say shut the door. Now this is off track, but it has everything to do with in the message. When Moses, I'm sorry, not Moses. When they went into the ark, Noah, thank you. When Noah went into the ark, who shut the door? It was God who shut the door. Noah couldn't open it. What would you say that for, Brother Bruce? When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, can I put it this way? God shuts the door. You can't open it. You're saved forever. And don't anybody tell you you've got to do good. You should do good, but there's not good enough to save, keep you saved. You're saved eternally. Well, does that give you a license to sin? No, it doesn't. And as I said before, when you have the Holy Spirit, your wanting system changes. You're no longer the same person. Matter of fact, and I'm not going to turn to it, 2 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 5 says we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Brand new. Not made over. It's from the inside. It's a, I'm going to say it again. You heard me say it before. It's an inside job. It's not a religious job doing this and doing that. It's an inside job. 22 even when the fool walks along the road. I'm going to say this because i got to move on. And forgive me if I'm wrong. Talking loud, what's the rest part? Saying nothing. 23. Yes, I'm watching that clock. I can see it. Slow down. Even when the fool walks along the road, his sense is lacking, and he demonstrates to everyone that he is a fool. In every act of life, and in every company he frequents, the irreligious man shows what he is. Vanity, nonsense, wickedness are his themes, so that in every effect, he's said to everyone that he is a fool. Sometimes, I hope you get the last part, sometimes we as Christians act as though we're not saved. Is that true? Yes, it's true. It's it's true. 24. But, how blessed, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, say scoffers, I don't know if you know what a scoffer is. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. All this came about by chance and evolution. You're going to have to stand before God for that. You think you can scoff at God and call the Bible just another book and all these other things and you not stand before the Lord? But his delight, say delight. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly. Say firmly. That's what's wrong with you and me. Did you notice I put me in there again? We're not firmly rooted, we don't have any roots. Every time something happens, we fall back into the world. he will be like a tree firmly by the streams of water which yields its fruit. Fruit, notice that word fruit again, in the season, and his leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. Well, well, moving on to verse four. If the ruler's temper rises against you, do not abandon your position or post because your composure allays great offenses. If the wrath, this is another version, if the wrath of the ruler is against you, keep your place in him, who, in him who keeps quiet, even great sins may be overlooked. Now I had to give a secondary meaning to this, and I won't explain it until later. Humble yourself before him. That is your place and duty. For yielding to him, and not stand stoutly in your defense, pacifies great offenses. And then when his anger is appealed, not appealed, appeased, he will hear anything in justification if you have anything to offer. This is good advice to a child in reference to his parents. Parents, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a tough job raising kids. And it was a tough job for your parents to raise you. We were rebellious. We wanted our own way. This is good advice to a child in reference to his parents and to an inferior of any kind in reference to his superiors. Here's that secondary meeting. Several of the fathers understood this differently. It's a spirit of the ruler that is the influence of Satan, has risen up against you and you have allowed him, say aloud him. The only way that Satan can get a hold on you, Christian, is that you let him. He has no authority over your life. You're a born-again believer. And the Bible says, give not place to the devil. Don't give him a foot. Well, I think I'll have a little drink. I'm not condemning. Don't think I'm condemning. No, I'm not doing that. But you who have been an alcoholic, you know that one drink needs to another. To prevail over you in sin. Don't leave your place. Do not despair of God's mercy. Humble yourself before him and seek pardon through the son of his love. And this will be a remedy. Say Remedy. God has a remedy for we who have fallen into sin. And I'm going to make it simple. And I'm not going to sing it. The blood. It's the blood. It's not any old blood. It's the blood. Why do you keep talking about the blood? Because that blood belongs to unique son of God. Where do you get that from? I didn't think God had any blood. John 1.14, and the word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. The word became flesh. He became human. As I told somebody the other day, and I want you to think about this, the creator came down into his own creation. And he said these words, for the Son of Man, say Son of Man, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that includes every one of us. I'm going to read the comments from 28. That foolish and unfit man are advanced to places of dignity and employment in public places. Apparently, this is what Solomon saw. A foolish and unfit man are advanced to places of dignity and employments in public places, while those who are truly able, those who really know what they're doing, they put them down and they let this other unable man, I'm, we're going to put you up there. Tw- 29. I have seen slaves, this is verse 7, this is my last verse. I have seen slaves riding on horses and princes walking like slaves on the land. Let me repeat. I have seen slaves or servants riding on horses and princes walking like slaves on the land. The annotated Bible informs us that horses are often mentioned in additions <clears throat> do I have that right? Horses are often mentioned as yeah, additions of rank and and sites. Esther 6, 8, and 9. Yes, I'm going to finish on time. Let them bring a royal robe, this is Esther, which the king has worn, and a horse on which the king has ridden, and on whose head a royal crown has been placed. And let the robe and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble princes. And let them array the man whom the king desires to Honor and lead him on horseback through the city and proclaim to him, "Thus it shall be done to the man whom the king desires to honor." So here we have a, a king honor another man, put him on a horse, show everybody that I honor the king. If when I honor him, you honor him. But here's another look. I have seen slaves, I know I'm repeating the same verse, riding on horses and princes walking. What are you doing? You should be up on the horse. Instead, you're down there. Do you and I know the servant? That's right. Do you and I know the servant who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey? Can I get a witness? Do you and I know, and I'm going to say this again, if you have a head, I don't know know who I'm talking to, but if you have a head knowledge of Jesus Christ, you need him in your heart. Do you and I know the servant who rode into Jerusalem upon a donkey, number 32, here he is. Who is this man? He's the great God, Titus two thirteen, and Savior. He's the great God. He's not just any God. He's the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The lady on the left, on His left hand side, on His right hand side is waving her hand. How about you and me? Are you waving your hand in a salute to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? the Savior on a donkey, instead of him riding on a stately horse like they did in the Old Testament, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is riding on him. And what's he doing, Brother Bruce? Peace. If you notice, they have s- palms on their hand, they, they strode palms in front of him. In a metaphorical sense, What are you doing for Jesus? You want to roll the red carpet out for him? 33. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold your king coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt. And the disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them and bought the donkey and the colt and laid on them their garments, on which he sat. And most of the multitude spread their garments in the road. And others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. And the multitude going before him and those following after him saying, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed. Say blessed. There's a song, and I'm not going to try to sing it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred. And they said, who is this? And the multitude said, this is that prophet. Or is this the prophet? I'm going to call him Yeshua or Jesus from Nazareth. Thank you, Marge. I got to slow down. I can't even pick the next page up. <laughs> 35. Are you and I still asking the question, who is this? Who is this Jesus? Or have you come to know him as your personal savior? This would be true wisdom. And not to know him, and not to know him would be absolute folly. The highest ranking of Christians without a royal standing. That's where you have a standing. If you know Jesus, you have a standing. Well, what's that standing, Brother Bruce? Behold, what manner or what kind of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Say sons of God. Don't you know God calls you sons and daughters of God? You're not just anybody. therefore the world doesn't know you because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. Say shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, let me say it again, that Savior is coming back. And let me add this for those who don't know it. He is coming back physically. That same body that rose from the grave. He's coming back. Who's he coming back for? His people. Thank you, thank you, brother. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies. If you have this hope in you, Christian, what does it motivate us to do? Purify ourselves. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? Well, I'll put it on myself. And I don't do these things, but I could. Profanity. Sensuality. Hot-tempered. I'm going to put it this way. God's working on you and me. He's working on you. Here's another ranking for you have not received the spirit of slavery, leaning to fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which you cry out, Abba Father. Don't you know, Christian, you can call Jesus Abba Father. And because you were sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, "Abba, Father." Thirty-eight. But by His doing, you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom. Say wisdom. Didn't we talk about wisdom, living wisely? But by His doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you ahead of time: Are you in Christ? Who became us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Say sanctification. I know I said it last week and I know I'm saying it again. Christian, you have been set apart. Don't think that you can live like the world because you can't. I'll leave it go with that. In whom the sun are hidden. All, say all. Not some of the treasures, all the treasures. And we mentioned living wisely. Listen to what this says. In whom, that is the Son, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay, good. I said this in the beginning. It would mean the gigantic and most foolish thing to step into eternity without Christ. I thought I had another page. Number 40. It is, say it. It's finished. And he is risen. Three days. I'm going to put it this way. I'm being a little bit presumptuous. He jumped out of that tomb. In a body. Not spiritual. Spiritual in the sense that it was a body purely driven by the Holy Spirit. And yet it was a physical body. And let me end this. You can.